Welcome to the Every Nation Rosebank Church Podcast. At our church, we honor God, make disciples, and transform nations. For more information about our church, visit everynationrosebank.org and don't forget to subscribe. I want more of Jesus. I need more of Jesus. I want to be more like Jesus. I want to walk closer with Jesus. And I know it's not just me, it's you as well. And as far as miracles are concerned, I was counting this morning, I I need about five miracles. (laughs) Who needs a miracle in some area of their life? Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The one who did miracles then does miracles today. I'm excited. As we ask, we receive. As we seek, we find. As we knock, the door is open. So I'm expectant. I'm expectant that we will see miracles. With man, it's impossible. But with God, nothing is impossible. And you might say, great attitude, pastor. That's a great attitude. No, no, no. (laughs) It's not an attitude. Sorry, it's not an attitude. It's principles. It's divine principles that as you take hold of in your life, you will see miracles. You will see favor. You will see the blessing of God upon your life. And so that's what we're going to talk about today. From the story of the healing of the official son, we're going to talk about receiving Jesus. I'm talking to you as believers. Receiving Jesus in greater ways. And walking in the miraculous. I want to tell you, God has more for you. Some of you have come and you've got great needs. Some of you have come and you've got discouragement. Would you receive Jesus today in new ways? And would you believe again and see the miracle hand of God? So let's go to the Word. John 4, verse 43 to 54. After two days, talking about he was in Samaria, he departed for Galilee. For Jesus himself had testified that a prophet has no honor in his hometown. He's talking about his hometown, talking about Galilee. So when he came to Galilee, the Galileans welcomed him, having seen all he had done in Jerusalem at the feast, for they too had gone to the feast. So he came again to Cana in Galilee, where he had made the water wine. And at Capernaum, there was an official whose son was ill. When this man heard that Jesus had come down from Judea to Galilee, He went to him and asked him to come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. So Jesus said, unless you, and it's it's plural you's, it's like American you's, you all. (laughs) You all. (laughs) Sorry, David and all Americans. Unless you all see miracles, signs and wonders, you will not believe. And the official said to him, sir, come down before my child dies. And Jesus said to him, Go, your son will live. The man believed the word that Jesus had spoken to him, and he went on his way. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him that his son was recovering. So they asked him the hour when he began to get better, and they said yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. The father knew that that was the hour when Jesus had said, your son will live. And he himself believed, and all his household This was now the second sign that Jesus did when he came from Judea to Galilee. Let's pray. Father, let your word speak into every heart. 
Lord, may it be fresh manna to us in our place of need, Lord God. Lord, may it build faith. May it bring hope, Lord God. May it bring transformation, correction where it's needed. May we not leave this place unchanged, but let your word transform us. We pray this in Jesus' name. And God's people said? Amen. Context. Just two days ago, Jesus in Samaria, and here he had met the woman at the well and its revival. The whole town of Sychar comes to God. They, they turn to Jesus and they receive him as the Messiah and as the Savior, not just as the miracle worker. This is what it says in John 4, verse 42. These people are speaking, the Samaritans. They said, we no longer believe because of what you, the Samaritan woman, had said. Now we've heard for ourselves, and we know this man really is the Savior of the world. It's an incredible response. They hear the words of Jesus, not just the miracles, but they hear the words of Jesus, and they believe. So Jesus comes to Galilee, and this is where he grew up. So this is his place. This, he's, he's the homeboy. Comes to Nazareth. About 18 kilometers north is Cana, comes down to Cana. So we turned water into wine, and Simon gave an incredible word, Pastor Sa. Please listen to it if you missed last week. And about 24 kilometers to the east is Capernaum, down, down the mountains. This is where the official is. He's going to have to come up the mountain to come to Jesus. Jesus is leaving Samaria, leaving the people that don't know him, coming to the people who know him. And it says that the Galileans welcomed him. So my question to you is, when is a welcome not a welcome? When is believing not really believing? What are we to do with Jesus' statement, a prophet has no honor in his own hometown? So he's grown up here, they know him, and there's an excitement that the water's been turned into wine because maybe they've got a whole lot of water and they, they'd like that. that. <laughs> That same miracle? There's some excitement in the house. They've heard him turn the tables on the, on the system in Jerusalem. And yet they've got a familiarity with him. And almost a contempt. We read in Mark chapter 6, Mark's account, where they say, isn't this the carpenter? Don't we know his brothers? James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Isn't this Mary's son? Aren't his sisters here with us? And it says they took offense at him. And then again he says, a prophet is not without honor except in his hometown. And it says he could do no miracles there except lay hands on a few and heal them. And he was amazed at their lack of faith. So, so they welcome him, but they don't really welcome him. They believe, but they don't really believe. This statement... I wrestled, with it. I wrestled with this word this week. Not because it's a hard word, it's a good word, it's an encouraging word. I wrestled with the statement, prophet has no honor except in his, has honor but not in his own hometown. What are we to do with that? Are we meant to be fatalistic? Are we meant to be passive? Are we meant to be accepting? Or are we meant to be like this royal official? who despite being in this environment of unbelief and skepticism and we know this all, we know who he is, comes and says, 
I believe. I believe. Maybe your environment isn't one of belief. Maybe you've had disappointments. Maybe COVID was hard. It was hard. Maybe you've gone through stuff and, and now there's a jadedness. Now there's a cynicism. There's a disappointment. Will you receive Jesus? Will you receive him as who he really is? There's been times when I've missed out on the fullness of what God has for me because of my stance towards receiving Jesus. I've resolved no longer. I've resolved no longer to do that. When I come to church, it doesn't matter who's preaching, who's singing, what happened, I'm going to receive from Jesus. I'm game on. I'm expectant. A.W. Tozer says this, and if you want to read a good author, read A.W. Tozer. What comes to our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes to our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. So having the right perspective on God is vital to us receiving Him and walking in the miraculous. The right mindset towards His heart towards us and His goodness. Okay, now I've got some great news for you. God is not mad with you. <laughs> Sometimes as believers, we run this low-grade fever. Ever had a low-grade fever? We run this low-grade fever that I'm a failure and that God is disappointed in us because I'm not doing enough. I'm not serving enough. I'm not holy enough. I want to tell you this morning, I want to share some great news with you. God is for you. Amen. The Lord is on your side. No matter what you're facing, He is with you. Psalm 118 verse 6 says, The Lord is on my side. I shall not be afraid. The Living Translation says this, The Lord is for me. Brothers, sisters, the Lord is for me. The Lord is for you. Romans, it's a misquote, it's 31 and 32, says this, If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, he gave him to us on Calvary, but gave him up for us. How will he not also, along with him, graciously give us all things? How do you receive Jesus today? How do you perceive him? What's your attitude towards him? The right image of God is critical to your faith. We've got this proclivity, this tendency to drift to drift into this place of feeling like God is just disappointed in me. When we hit adversity, when we go through difficult times, we become like those disciples in the storm in Mark chapter 4. In that seemingly catastrophic moment, they cry out, God, where are you? Don't you care? Don't you care how bad things are? That's what the disciples said to Jesus. In reality, he was right there with them in the boat. And he's in the boat with you today. He's not the author of your adversity. He's not the author of evil. He's not the author of darkness. He's not the author of tragedy and death. He's not the author of all of that. In fact, he's the rescuer. He's the one who is coming to your rescue and has come to rescue you today. 
God is on your side this morning. In the challenge that you face, God is on your side. He's for you, for your healing, for your deliverance, for your financial miracle. He's for you in the mess that you're in. We've, Pastor Sai has spoken about complicated wickedness. It's you, it's other people, it's the system. He's for you in the midst of this. But then we go, I go, but, but what about my sin? What about the things I fail in? What about the things I have failed in, I am failing in? It's critical that we understand this. If we confess our sins, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We've got to take hold of the right image of God so that when we stumble, we know that we can be forgiven and we can walk in the forgiveness that God has for us. We're so used to human relationships. If your baby's fussing, there's that room outside, and we love babies. We're so used to human relationships that when there's a mistake, when there's a sin, when there's a breakdown, we withdraw, and then the relationship is over. But that's not God. He doesn't stop reaching out, and He doesn't stop being for you. He's the way out. doesn't matter how messy your situation is. Man, the right image of God changes everything. I'm convinced He's for me today. I'm convinced He's for you today. He is my Lord, my Savior, my friend, my God, my King. Who shall I be afraid of? No mountain is too big for my God. Don't allow your past experiences, your disappointments, your sins, your attitudes, what people have done or what you've done to cause you to lack having fresh faith, to cause you to lack receiving Jesus today and the miracles that he has for you. Let's not be like the Galileans who, who were jaded, who were cynical, who were offended, who being in the presence of Jesus treated the moment as commonplace. Don't go with your tendency, your proclivity, your bias to treat God as commonplace. He is for you, and He is able. Will you receive Him today anew? Talking to you as believers, and will you leave today with fresh faith for miracles? Will you leave today with fresh faith? Will you pray again into that area? Will you believe again with fresh faith? Now, there's another dynamic to this. And that is that we receive miracles through people. How many times have you come to church or connect group and there's something that you've needed and you've received it from your brother, your sister, who's hugged you, who's prayed for you, who's shared a testimony. And the Word of God says this, and that's your team. These are your leaders in Rosebank, and there's many leaders in Rosebank, but that's your senior team. It says, from now on, therefore, we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. I love our discipleship philosophy in this church, that every one of us is called to be a minister. Right. Every one of us is called to bring Jesus. Every one of us is called to be game on and say, 
God, the person sitting next to me, the person on the bus at work, in my connect group here at church, I'm called to minister to, and I'm called to receive from them. So can we receive Jesus in one another as well? Can we come with fresh perspective and say, I'm not looking at them according to, hey, I know them, I know their faults. No. I'm not going to receive them according to the flesh. I'm going to receive them according to the Spirit. Sometimes we get offended by people. We get offended by God and we get offended by people. And I'll talk about being offended by God just now. Sometimes we get offended by people. And the problem is we become poorer. We become a whole lot poorer because we're not receiving what is there. Not just people, but leaders. You know, in Southern Africa, in South Africa, political leaders have disappointed us. Business leaders have disappointed us. Church leaders have disappointed us. But the Word of God says this. But we ask you, brothers and sisters, to recognize those who diligently labor amongst you and are in leadership over you in the Lord and give you instruction and that you regard them very highly in love because of their work. I don't need you to carry my briefcase and I'm not even your leader here in Rosebank. <laughs> Whoopsie. I've gone all over the place. I'm so sorry. There you go. Uh, but what I'm asking is that you receive your leaders here in Rosebank because as you do, it will be well with your soul. It says, obey your leaders and submit to them for they keep watch over you and your souls as those who have to give an account. Let them do this with joy and not with groaning for that would be of no advantage to you. You know, this mindset of it's me and the channel and choosing what church I want to watch and who my leaders are today and tomorrow, it just doesn't work. Yeah. When God adds you, He adds you into the body. And as you add into the body, receive the people around you and receive the leaders. Amen. Can we do that? Amen. Can you do that? Amen. Thirdly, big faith. The official asks for a miracle. And Jesus responds and he says, unless you see signs and wonders, you will not believe. And in the face of this, he asks a second time. And he could have been offended by this. He's a basilicos. He's probably part of, he's part of the Roman system. He might have been Roman. He might have been Idumean, not Jewish. And what does this tell us? Already Jesus has ministered to the Jewish people. Previously, he's ministered to the Samaritans, half Jewish, and now he's ministering to the Gentiles. He'd ministered to women, he'd ministered to the poor, and now he's ministering to the Gentiles, the rich and the powerful. Doesn't matter who you are today, you fall into these categories. Man, woman, rich, poor, Jewish, half Jewish, or Gentile. And he's got connections, he's got wealth, he's got power, he's got access to the to the greatest physicians. But the reality was that none of these were helping. None of these were enough. I know some of you have lost loved ones. Maybe you haven't, but can you imagine the pain that this man is going through as he's seeing his son dying? And this is in a world where Infant mortality was about 50% of babies died before the age of five. 
Sometimes it takes something drastic before we turn to Jesus. He's got nowhere else to turn except watch his son die or go to Jesus. Some people choose alternative instead of going to Jesus. But he cries out again, despite the fact that it's offensive what Jesus just said. And he says, sir, come down before my son dies. Brothers, sisters, money can buy insurance, but not security. Money can buy entertainment, but not happiness. Money can buy medicine, but it can't buy health. Money can buy a house, but it won't buy a home. Money can buy a bed, the greatest bed, but it can't buy a good night's sleep. Money can buy companionship, but it can't buy friendship. Money can buy a gold crucifix, but not a savior. What he needed was a miracle, and he pushed through. Don't, don't let your disappointment, your offense, your grief, what you've gone through, cause you to be like, I'm mad with God. I'm disappointed in God, so I'm not going to press in. He could have done that. Of all the people there, all these people who are not receiving Jesus, he's the one who pushes through. He's the one who presses in. He's the one who presses in, and he's the one who receives a miracle. Will you press in, despite your environment, despite your offense, despite your disappointment, and receive what Jesus has? The nobleman's got faith, but it's limited faith. Note what he says. He says, sir, come down before my child dies. So he's putting Jesus in a box. He's saying, you've got to come down, and maybe even had more ideas as to what Jesus You've got to come the 24 kilometers and maybe, you know. I do this. I've got a need and I come to Jesus and I say, Jesus, meet the need in this way. I want you to answer me and you've got to do it this way. And we, we try to limit Jesus and we try to tie his hands and our prayers are limited. Go to him with your need. But don't prescribe to him how it must be met. Ephesians 3 verse 20 says this, Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above all that we ask or can think. God is not bound by distance. So, this is my Netflix controller. Okay, yes, your pastor watches Netflix. (laughs) Now, when we're watching... Nick and I, I like to hold it. <laughs> Who, who's that in the family? I like to hold the controller. And um, when I was growing up, on, we had one TV channel, so I feel like I've got wounds, you know? <laughs> and it's not just what, one channel. Then we moved to three, you know? You young kids with your DSTV and multiple, you know? It was, we had one, and then we moved, you know? And in those days, if the channel had to be changed, I had to get up and change it. You know? My father made me do that. You know? Those were the days. I'm making up for lost time. This invention, so much control. So much control. 
Will you lay down your controller? <laughs> Take it to Nicola. <laughs> Will you lay down your controller? And let Jesus come through for you. Will you keep pressing in in prayer and say, God, I trust you. How you want to do it, you do it. I need a miracle, Lord. I'm not going to specify you have to do it this way or that way. I lay it down. I lay it at your feet. Jesus told his disciples. He shared a whole parable with them. And at the end he said, I'm telling you this, to teach you that you should pray and not give up. You should ask and keep asking. Seek and keep seeking. Knock and keep knocking. Friends, do I sometimes get discouraged? Yes. Am I sometimes, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. Am I sometimes a doubting Thomas? A little bit. But then I stop myself and I go, hold on a second. I've seen so many miracles. I've seen God come through. I think of what I was outside of Jesus. I think of how he's coming to my heart. I think of all the miracles that I've seen and heard of and experienced myself. And I go like, I'm laying down my controller. I'm going to stop my doubts. I'm going to doubt my doubts. And I'm going to believe in Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in him. Jeremiah 29 verse 13 says, And you shall seek me, and you shall find me when you search for me with all your heart. Let's not be on the fence with this. You know, you're climbing over a barbed wire fence and you get stuck halfway. It's ugly. It's ugly. It's ugly. <laughs> Don't be half in the world and half in the church and half with God and half not. Pain. Be all in. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because everyone who comes to Him must believe that He exists and He is the reward of those who earnestly seek Him. Put your trust in Him again. Put your faith in Him. Be asking Him again those big prayers. Where you've stopped praying, start praying again. Where you've stopped believing, start believing again. Where you've been on the fence, get off the fence. Third major point. This is a three-point sermon. Jesus says to him, Go, your son will live. Jesus makes a simple powerful declaration over his son. He doesn't do it in front of the crowds. He doesn't go down to Capernaum. He's almost determined not to do a miracle in front of people. For the crowds, it's a disappointment. There's no big show. There's no turning water into wine. But Jesus has given his word. He doesn't give the man a sign. He gives the man his word. And the man doesn't argue. He receives the word of Jesus. And he acts on the word of Jesus. And he goes. And we too are called to act on the word of Jesus. Read scripture. They take the jugs of water and as they take them, as they go... The water is transformed into wine. As the Israelites come up to the Red Sea and they step across, it parts. As we lay hands on the, we lay hands on the sick, they healed. As we go, he confirms his word with signs and wonders following. 
as I start to speak, tongues come out of my mouth. As I go, he confirms it. Will you be a man? Will you be a woman who goes on his word and then receives the miracle? Paul writes to Timothy and he says this, Timothy, my son, I'm giving you this command in keeping with the prophecies that were made about you. So by recording them, you may fight the battle well. Other versions say you might fight the good fight or do warfare. He's saying to him, you were prophesied over. Now take that prophetic word and hold on to it. Hold on to the purpose, the destiny, the identity that God has spoken over you. Many of you have got prophetic words. We've all got the word of God. And as we hear the word, will we go? And he will transform. He will bring the miracles. He will do it. Imagine the homecoming of this official. Imagine the emotions that greeted him at the door. Can you see him embracing his son? Can you see the tears? Can you see the laughter? Can you hear the laughter, the joy? Can you hear the shouts of excitement? God had done it. And he shares with his family and they respond. They believe. Now it's really belief. When he's believing, not believing. Now it's really believing. There's a story of a small Frenchman. His name was Charles Blondine. He's about five foot four. And he said he was going to walk across Niagara Falls. The date was 1859 on a hemp rope, not very strong. Um, so as they laid it out and as he started to walk on this, with the crowd watching, the rope is bending. So there's about 20 meters in the, in the middle where the rope is. It doesn't matter how, just the, the nature of the material. So the crowd is just watching as he's walking across Niagara Falls. If he falls, it's, that's his death. And he gets across and, <gasps> sigh and, yay, and celebration. And then he comes back the other way. And as he gets here, the crowd goes wild. And then he says to them, do you think I can take a wheelbarrow across this? Do you believe I can? And they go, we believe you can. We believe you can take a wheelbarrow across. And he takes a wheelbarrow and he goes across and he comes back. And then he says this to them. He says, who believes I can go across with a wheelbarrow with somebody in the wheelbarrow? And they go, we believe. We believe you can. And then he goes, who will come? I'll hold the camera, says. <laughs> there's believing, and then there's believing. I pray that we would not be cultural Christians and functional atheists. You know? <laughs> I pray that we would be men and women of faith who receive all that Jesus has for us, and that this year we walk in the miraculous. He's got more for you. There's more for you in Jesus. Will you receive him? Will you receive what Jesus has for you? Will you give up your offense? Will you give up your pain? Will you give up your disappointment? And will you believe? And will you trust anew? Will you pray 
Big prayers again. Big prayers of faith. I'll never forget, I prayed for somebody once. It was the evening service. They're covered in sores from a um, combination of drugs and uh, sexually transmitted diseases. Prayed for them. They came to me on Tuesday. I didn't even recognize them because it all gone. You know? It's like I prayed for healing, and then I was like a little bit surprised that the healing had come. <laughs> Will you pray big prayers again? Those, those things that you stop praying and stop believing, will you come with fresh faith? And, Pastor Sam, won't you come up? And will you go on his word? Will you go and do the things that you're called to do? And will you not wait for the miracle, but will you go and bring the miracle? Can we pray together? Jesus, we want more of you. And Lord, we want to be like this official. Lord, who pushed through despite the offense, the pain, the discouragement, the crisis, and received you and received the miracle. Lord, we ask for this today. We say yes to you. Father, in this moment of prayer, we are trusting that you are speaking to us, Lord God, and you are challenging us to have faith in you, Lord God, to believe that, God, the things that you promised into your word, you will do them, Father. And friends, as our heads are bowed and in this moment of prayer, there's two types of people we want to pray for this morning with this understanding that God is for you. God is on your side. God is with you. Even with the song that we sang Today, if God is for us, who can be against us? And the psalm that Pastor Roger read for us, the Lord is on my side, I shall not be afraid. The first group of people is you may be here and you say, I know that I'm far away from God. I need to be on His side so that I can also sing and say, God is on my side. And the second group of people is people who say, I've been with God. I've walked with God, but I've moved away from a relationship with God. And in this moment, while our heads are bowed, I'm going to ask you to be bold. Just raise your hand wherever you are and say, I want to come back to be on the same side with God, to believe that He will see me through whatever I'm facing. It may be that you came to church today because someone invited you or you just made a resolution that I want to come back to God. This is your moment. Just raise your hand wherever you are so we can pray with you. If you want to give your life to Jesus as Lord and Savior of your life, or you moved away from Jesus, thank you, my brother. Anyone else, you, you want to give your life to Christ, or you know that you've moved away from Christ, this is your moment. This is your moment. Just raise your hand. Be bold while we all our heads are bowed in this moment of prayer. Just raise your hand up high. Thank you there at the back. Is there anyone else who's saying, this is my moment. I need to come back to God. I need to come back to God. I need to come back to God. Shall we all stand, family? Shall we all stand in this moment of prayer? I saw at least two hands and I believe that there may be some people that 
you know that you need to come back to God. We don't want to close the door for you. So those two hands that went up, I'm going to encourage you to come to the front. We're going to stand with you and pray with you. If you raise your hand, come to the front. If you didn't raise your hand and you know you need to get prayer to come back to God, also please come. Let's give them a round of applause. Come, my brother. Come, let's stand with you. Come, let's pray with you. If you raise your hand, just come to the front. If you didn't raise your hand, just come to the front. If you need to come back to God, just come. Come stand right here. Thank you, my brother. Best decision of your life. Stay right, stand right here. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for coming. Thank you for coming all the way from the back. This is the day I've been waiting for. Where we can see friends, sisters coming to the altar. Amen. Thank you. If you invited someone and they want to come and they feel a little bit afraid, you can come with them. Amen. Thank you, Lord. I want to share this testimony with you. It will encourage you the same way as encouraged other people that I've shared with. My uncle last year was going through a depression and we were called that he was being suicidal. And we went and prayed with him and he gave his life to the Lord. When I saw him last week, he was completely different. Completely different. He's a new man. Even though he had lost his job, on Monday, he started a new job. I want to pray for you, whatever you're trusting God for. God's got you. God's got your plan. Amen. Just raise your hands as a sign of receiving from God. Friends, let's join them as a family. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We accept you as Lord and Savior of our lives. We repent of all unrighteousness. In Jesus' name, amen.